Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Hey, House family, Pastor Stephen here, sitting on my porch, slowing down. Come on, listen to the birds. Jesus said, consider the birds. I'm considering them, watching the wind, just taking a moment. You know, sometimes you got to slow down your momentum. And you got to slow down even the movement for a moment. You know, that's what I'm hoping has happened already for you. That you had a moment where someone greeted you, welcomed you, saw you. That in worship, come on, you had a moment where the anointing of God in worship as you're singing. You know, it's important that anointing moments happen. Because the Bible says it is the anointing that breaks the yokes. So as we're worshiping, listen, we're doing something incredible. Today, we get to hear from someone who really orchestrates a lot of our creative moments. You see him every Sunday on the stage. And so I am so excited that we are continuing our Make It Plain series. And Stephen Hill is coming to bring you the word. Come on, put your hands together for Stephen Hill. All right, house family, how are y'all doing this morning? Come on, that was weak. How are y'all doing this morning? Man, well, it is a pleasure to be here with you guys today. You look really good. You guys did well this morning. And so, uh, like Pastor Stephen said, my name is Stephen Hill, and I am on staff here as the creative director. Um, I get to oversee the creative presentation of our weekend services and events. And so we're talking about AV, we're talking about social media, and we are talking about uh, uh, the worship team as well. And so um, that is what I do here. Um, a little bit about me. Um, I have a beautiful wife. Her name is Lindsay. She's right here on the front row. Uh, her birthday was yesterday. And so y'all make sure to tell her happy birthday when you get a chance to talk with her. Um, but we have a, a beautiful baby girl and she is 19 months and her name is Ari Val. You guys, she is uh, coming into her personality. And so uh, she's talking, she's learning learning words. She's trying to form sentences together. You guys, she's even opening up doors now. And so I'm like, this is crazy. We were walking throughout the house one day uh, last week and we was like, where is she? And like she had got to the back door near the kitchen and opened up the door and was making her way to the backyard. I'm like, what is going on? Like this is completely blowing my mind. And so um, before we just dive into everything today. Um, I do want to take the time to honor our pastors, Pastor Stephen and Pastor Katie. Uh, they aren't here today because they, uh, they are getting refreshed. They are getting refueled. They're spending time with family and are getting fresh vision from God. And we value that here. And so we are glad that they have the opportunity to do that. But I can guarantee you that they are watching. And so we want to say hey to them, turn around and wave to them, and let's give them a hand and clap. Awesome. We miss you guys. And so uh, today we are in week two of our sermon series called Make It Playing. Uh, last week, Devin, uh, the Rev Dev, he spoke about the Great Samaritan and he did a great job. And so um, if you missed it, listen, I do encourage you to go back, check it out on the podcast. Uh, we also have it available on Facebook and YouTube for you guys as well. Uh, but this week, we are going to be breaking down the parable of the talents. Um, and the title of the message today is While We Wait. 
And so if you have your Bible with you, uh, we're going to be starting off reading in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. So to kind of put us in context here, um, this parable happens in the midst of the last full teachings that Jesus is giving his disciples. Um, It is here that he is reminding them about things that are about to happen, like his betrayal, um, about him being given over to be crucified. Um, And also he talks about things that will take place in the future beyond that. And so as we pick up here in Matthew 25, 14, he's basically talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he said, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to him and entrusted to them his property. So this is Jesus basically setting up his disciples for success. Um, The long trip in this story, in this parable, signifies the gap in time between Jesus ascending to heaven after his resurrection all the way up until his second coming, which is when he comes back to claim his church, uh, his bride, which is you and me. That's us. Um, So this is important for us to notate here and to know because Jesus is still trying to get a point across here to the people that were expecting the Messiah to return. Um, They they expected him to come back with a force and to establish his kingdom immediately. Um, They were looking for someone to come and overthrow the power that was in place at that time, which was Rome. But Jesus is letting them know that the kingdom of God was not going to come about that way, that it wasn't even going to even look like that. Um, Matter of fact, it was going to be more so of a process. And so the kingdom of God, again, is like a man going on a journey. But before he does so, he uh, he gets his servants together and he, he entrusts them with his property. And so verse 15, we pick up here and it says to one, he gave five talents to another. He gave two and then to another one to each according to his ability. Then he went away. And so today, as we kind of break down this parable, um, I have three takeaways or three points that I'm going to be kind of going through. And the first one that I have for you today is we all have something. Look at your neighbor and say, we all have something. Come on, you guys. I need y'all to wake up with me a little bit. We all have something. Say this to your neighbor. There we go. There we go. And so growing up uh, and kind of hearing this parable, just because of the title, Parable of the Talents, um, I thought Jesus was like literally just talking about skills and abilities. Um, So like in my mind, this is like Steph Curry being able to sink a jumper from half court from the logo, right? Uh, This is like the vocal ability of like a a Tasha Cobb or a Tori Kelly or insert whoever your favorite singer is. Um, This is someone with great financial knowledge, like a Dave Ramsey or something like this. Um, And I would just kind of read this story and I would try to place myself within it just to kind of see how I would stack up, right? I think a lot of people do that. And so um, you think of someone like a Pastor Stephen, an elite individual. Um, This is like a five-talent type of guy right here. Um, And then for myself, I'm not going to put myself at the very top, but I'm also ain't going to put myself at the very bottom either. And so I'm like, okay, maybe I'm a two or three-talent type of guy. I could squeeze out a three on my best day. Um, And then just for the sake of the story, like someone has to be the five, someone has to be the two, someone has to be the one. So uh, that would be like a Devin or something like that. Maybe maybe a 1.5 on his best day. Um, obviously, I'm just joking. Devin is very talented. Um, but as you continue to read through here, you could easily see that he's talking about something different in the context of this story. Um, and so we have, to, we have to break down here, like what is an actual talent? And so in the Old Testament, 
A talent was a unit of measurement for weighing precious metals. This was usually like gold or silver or something like that. Um, in the New Testament, a talent was a value of money or coin. Now, one study shows that these coins, that their value equals 6,000 days or about 20 years of wages. That's the value of one talent. So um, take a minute right now and just think about, okay, how much you get paid in a year, good or bad, no matter where you work, and multiply that by 20. And that is the equivalent of one talent in this, uh, this scenario. Now, I don't care who you are or how much you get paid, but that is a lot. So that is a lot that these guys are working with. And the talents in this story, uh, while, they are while they are money, uh, basically for us, they represent that everything God gives us to steward and build with in our life. And so this isn't just reserved to the person that you think is the most talented person in the world, the people that you deem worthy of this. This, this applies to everyone, everyone here, you and me. So this morning, for the person that may think like they've been told all their lives, like you have nothing, you are worth nothing, you're not able to produce anything, like God has something for you. Uh, for the person who feels like they haven't figured it out yet. They don't know if they're talented or something. They, they, don't, they haven't discovered that for themselves, like you have something. Uh, for the person that feels like in this moment you are struggling with every area in life, that you are just missing the ball, that you're dropping the ball, and that you just can't figure things out, like you have something this morning. And um, the cool thing is we are all different individuals, but the thing that kind of keeps us, the thing that we have in common is that God creates us. And the closer that we get to him, I believe the easier it is for us to, to discover what that something is. And so, again, the first point is we all have something. Um, as we continue on, we're going to pick up in verse 16. So this is after he gives them their talents, the three servants. Um, he says in verse 16, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. Um, and he made five talents more. And so he took the five that he had. He doubled it, made five more. Uh, verse 17, so also he who had the two talents made two talents more. So he did the same thing that the uh, first servant did. He took what he had, he doubled it, and made two more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those, two ser of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Now, I'm not going to lie with you guys. Um, this kind of reminds me of when my wife, Lindsay, goes on a long trip, all right? And maybe, maybe it's just a trip in general. Maybe it's one to go see her family. Uh, maybe it's a short girl's trip for the weekend. Or maybe it's just a trip to the store, right? Before she leaves, she nonchalantly will give me some things that she wants me to pay attention to. Maybe a list of things that she wants me to do, right? And so what it may look like is, okay, the house is currently clean, Keep the house clean <laughs> when I get there, all right? Maybe she's gone for longer than a week, and she's like, all right, I think, man, this, this will be an awesome opportunity for you, Stephen. I think you'll have time to work on this side project. You can finish painting the room. You can go ahead and get groceries. You can clean out the garage. Like, she has a couple of things that I can do, right? And it just, it just kind of reminds me of this because even with that, we have a couple couple of different personalities. If you're like me, you kind of like the first couple of days, you're not really touching anything. You're like, uh, I got time. She said she's going to be gone in like three, three or four days. I can wait till the last day and just squeeze it all out in there, right? Uh, or maybe you're the individual that you're like, man, 
I'm just going to come up with an excuse. I'm just going to be real. I'm going to be like, something happened, and I didn't get a chance to get to any of this. This is exactly what this moment is like. But best believe when Lindsay returns, when she gets back, she is settling accounts, and she opens up that door, and she is like, all right, what did you finish with all the time that you had? This is what this moment feels like. And so um, I promise you this is uh, Lindsay approved. She, she allowed me to tell this story. Uh, but we get down here to verse 20. And he who also received the five talents came forward, bringing the five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me uh, two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And then we get down to verse 24. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground here you have what is yours. And so this leads me to my second point that I want to talk about with you guys today. And it is called faithful over the little, ruler over much. Now, um, if you grew up in church, you, you probably heard this a lot. Uh, this, is, this is something that I heard a lot when I was growing up. But essentially, the first two servants, um, they did the same thing. They took what was given to them and they, they traded with it, and they multiplied it, and they also received the same response. Well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, now, this is something that hits home because I believe that this is a principle that applies to our everyday life, but I also believe that it is something that is spiritual. Uh, my grandmother has a saying that she said, um, used to say a lot, you can't have your cake and eat it too. How many of you guys grew up hearing that? Have you ever heard that? All right, so I, when I first used to like hear that, I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, like if I go to the kitchen and there's some cake in there, and I get the cake and I bring it back and I'm sitting down, I got a fork. Best believe, like I'm about to devour this thing. Like, what do you mean I can't have my cake and I can't eat it too? Um, but right here, what it's saying is you can't have the benefit of something without also having the responsibility that comes with it. For example, here, um, you can't expect to have a deep deeper relationship with God, uh, a genuine relationship where you're connecting with him all the time, the benefit, if you don't set, up, set apart the time to actually do that, where you're intentional and say, okay, this time every day, I'm going to dig and I'm going to go further in my relationship with God. Uh, you can't expect to have a breakthrough in your finances and say, hey, I want to be debt free. I want to be able to make investments. I want to be able to flourish. I want to be able to give to the kingdom and give to others benefit if we won't also commit to creating and following a budget. Come on, somebody. You can't say that you want to mend a relationship with a family member, whether it's a sibling or a parent, um, benefit if you won't also put in the work to say, you know what, I'm going to choose to forgive, I'm going to take the first step, and I'm going to be the one who makes the call or the text. And so I know we can hear all these things, and it can begin to feel like all of that can kind of almost feel a little heavy. But the one thing that I want to point out that the master uh, that he says to the first two servants, or the thing that he doesn't say to the first two servants, is well done, good and faithful servant, 
you have been perfect over a little. He doesn't say that. He says you have been faithful. I find it hard to believe that even though they were like successful in their endeavor, um, I don't believe that the first two servants were flawless in their execution. Right. I don't think that their hunt, that their efforts of, of uh, basically stewarding what they were given. I don't think that they, they got it right all the time. I think it was a progression. I think it was a journey. And so I think that even the thoughts that the last servant had, I think the first two servants probably had them along their journey as well. Yeah. Maybe, they were, maybe they were fearful. Um, and I think for us, it can be very relatable. Uh, maybe we don't want to mess something up. And so that's why we hide our talent in a hole. Uh, maybe... The thing that we think that we're called to, it's never been modeled for us. Like, we don't have an example. We've never seen it done before us. And so because of that, we decide to hide that in the hole as well. Maybe uh, we just don't want to face, like, the, the opinions of others. Maybe we don't want someone telling us, bro, you can't do that. Look where you came from. Look at your ability. Like, you don't have what it takes to be able to do what you want to accomplish. And all of these things are real, and we all have to face those things. But the thing that I think that we must get to the place, uh, we must get to the place where, like, we trust that uh, faithfulness, as unpolished as it can be at times, will always be better than putting the things of God for our lives in the ground. Right? Process is better than perfection. Every time. Process will always be better than perfection. And transformation equals progress in the kingdom. And so we're not, we're not called to have it all together. When he gave the talents to uh, all of the servants, I guarantee you they all didn't have it together. But two of them decided to do something with it and choose to be faithful while the other one made a different decision. Maybe you're here and you're thinking today, um, I don't have a lot to work with. I don't have a lot to start with. Uh, one encouragement that I want to just kind of offer you guys is back in verse 15, it said that the master gave them talents based on their ability, uh, based on what he knew that they could handle. And so it, might, it may feel crazy, but the thing that you have now may be what God knows that you can handle. But the cool thing about that is as you are faithful over that thing, it says here in the word that he gives us more. And I believe that God has something that is very specific for each and every one of us. And when we choose to engage with that, we create the opportunity to build and to multiply. And so um, continuing on here in verse 26, it says, but his master answered him. And this is talking to the third servant. You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so I know that that was a lot. And it seemed like, man, it just went, it just went from zero to 100. He was just breaking down to the master like, hey, like, at least I didn't lose anything. I was afraid. And so at, at, at very least, I went and hid it for you. And so you're back. And here you go. But it says here that he called the, again, he called the servants lawful. He called the servant wicked. And so this take us to, takes us to the last point here, um, which is the kingdom is coming. 
Um, this is where I believe at the end of this between uh, verses 26 and 30, this is where the master, I believe, is exposing the true intentions of the last servant. I feel like he was saying, bro, like if your motives were really pure, you could have at least tried. You could have done something. You could have took the money and at least took it to the bank so I could have interest on it. But no matter how you package it, uh, and I tried to look at it from different angles. I was like, man, like, yeah, like he, he was just afraid. So he was trying to do the right thing. But no matter how you package it, no matter what angle you look at it from, ultimately the servant offered up an excuse. And so he tried to give his master something that would justify his actions but the master saw straight through that. Again, he called the servant wicked and slothful. A lot of translations even say lazy. Um, and so, again, when we choose to engage with what God has given us, we create the opportunity to build and multiply. But when we choose not to engage with that, we actually create the opposite, which is everything that the last servant got. He took his talent away from him, um, and, he, and he sent them away, and it was separation from the master. And so um, the response and reaction to the service punishment can seem, can easily be like, okay, why was the master so harsh? Like, does the punishment that he received, does that equate to, to really what he deserves? Um, but if you continue to read past the parable, Jesus breaks down uh, and he begins to talk about the final judgment. Um, and you could easily see from there, and it begins to make sense, that in the story, the return of the master to settle the accounts with the servants is actually equal to uh, the second coming of Jesus and also the final judgment. And this is where we will be judged based on what we did or didn't do with our lives. Um, Jesus wants them to understand the gravity of this situation and to be able to feel the gravity of this situation. And so as we begin to kind of look at this parable as a whole, um, Jesus is letting them know and he's letting all of us know even today that we all have something. Yeah. Um, we are responsible to management. And it reminds us that while we wait for his return, we are not to sit idle. Yeah. Um, that he actually has a plan and a purpose for our lives. Um, and he's also warning us that there is a real heaven. Yeah. That there is a real hell. And that we will all have to face a real judgment. Um, I believe that this insight, though, while it may seem um, a, a little overwhelming, that it is something that God is communicating his love even through that. And Ben, you can come on up. But um, in this, basically, I believe that God is choosing to show his love by warning us, by saying, listen, the kingdom of God is like this, and this is how things are going to come about. Um, a little bit about me, a story I want to share with you guys is like growing up, uh, I've always been like a fan of music. Um, my mom used to sing and I just used to, I used to love to like listen to the radio and listen to CDs and all that good stuff. And so um, it was crazy because uh, Gary was one of my best friends growing up and that's Gary right there. He, he helps out a lot in Next Gen, so shout out to Next Gen. Um, but 
uh, Gary GP, as I call him sometimes, um, he, he went to Bible college uh, in Texas, and uh, I can remember him coming back one day, and um, he, was, he was doing Christian rap um, out of all things. And I was like, man, what, what is this? this? This is cool. I like this. And so um, I decided to myself I was going to start a Christian rap group. Um, and so I got me, and I got my sister, um, and I got uh, actually his brother, and we started this group. Um, and at this time, you guys, we didn't know, we didn't know anything, right? Oh, it did me dirty. That's messed up. <laughs> I don't know who found that. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Um, but anyway, we started this uh, Christian rap group, and guys, we, we didn't know anything, but we would just write songs. Um, and it was, it was crazy because we started off in the church that we was currently at at that time. Um, and people started inviting us to come to their church and, and minister to, to young people, to their congregation and everything. Um, and it was, it was just so wild to me that people would do that. And so it's, it stirred up something in us. We decided, man, like this is cool. And we felt like God was calling us to it. And so we just wanted to be faithful to it. Um, but I went out to college. And near the first end, uh, near the first year, near uh, the first year, ending the first year, sorry, um, I met this guy. His name was Tim Doris, and I kind of worked with him on the grounds crew at ETBU in East Texas. Um, and so uh, he was like, bro, I heard that you like, you like to write music, you like to create music. Um, I actually have this home studio, um, and I think you should come check it out. And I was like, bro, like, that, will be, that will be awesome. And so um, I can remember getting off work, going to my, uh, my dorm room, taking a shower, getting all like fresh and just walking over to his apartment and I'm just excited. And I get there and uh, he just opens up his room and I can see the mics, I can see the computer, I can see his little analog interface. And I'm like, bro, like this is amazing. I'm like a kid in a candy shop at this point. And so I leave there, um, I go home to work for the summer and um, my first couple paychecks all go towards gear. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm buying all this stuff. I'm getting all of this stuff. And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to operate it. I didn't know how to record. I didn't know how to mix. I didn't know how to master anything like that. And I can tell you right now, if you go back and listen to those first couple songs and projects we did, they are trash. <laughs> they are bad. Uh, the quality of them, they were, they were just pretty rough. Um, but we stuck with it and we were faithful with that. And so um, I ended up changing my major and because I wanted to learn how to, how to sound record. And so I went to school, got an associate's in sound recording, um, and we got more gear. We, got, we, uh, we basically got new computers, some better mics, and it began to start to come together a little bit. And month after month, year after year, we were being invited to bigger events, to bigger, bigger places. Um, and God, I feel like God was just moving it and just blowing on it. Um, and I tell you all this because this took us to a point years down the road um, and we were like almost doing something like all throughout the months, like every weekend I was doing an event. But it took us to a place where one day um, I was at this high school um, and it was uh, in Natchitoches, Louisiana. And it was actually the high school that Devin was going to. Um, and so it was so crazy. I get up there, me and my sister, we do our thing. I'm coming down, I'm all sweaty. Um, and this man proceeds to come up and, and preach a sermon. And like the whole time I'm like glued to my chair and I'm like, bro, this is intense, but it's like so good. 
Um, and that man was Pastor Stephen Sexton. And this is my first time seeing him preach. And so I can remember um, after he preaches and after kind of like that event wraps up, he walks up to us and he's like, all right, let's have a business meeting. And that's like the first thing he said to me. And I'm like, what, what, what do you mean a business meeting? I'm like, I, I don't get it. Um, but needless to say, um, that moment started and cultivated a relationship that would last for, for so long, for years on end. This is before the house existed. This is before um, all of us was even at the old church and old location, before Devin was even moved to Arkansas. And so I say all this because from that moment, it blossomed into so many other things. Like I, I wouldn't have my wife now if all the things that led to that moment didn't happen because that moment happened, but I was so faithful over the things that happened well before that with just me rapping. And so it ties together because I do believe that when we do the things that God has for us and we are faithful over those things, that we begin to actually build the life that he has for us. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great